everybody we are back this week for episode 257 of the big gold belt podcast i am the host two james and i am joined by my two great gentlemen and the john crab jamal and mr hillwill mahoney fellas fellas how are you doing what's up what's up uh well we we definitely have a lot to talk about this week um very interesting topics um i really like what the team brought to the table today as far as the things we're going to discuss uh, but before we deep dive into the really, um, the really juicy ones, we're going to start with a quick, a quick little recap of our weekend and uh, something else very, very um, light. So the first off, I want to say is that, um, of course, if you've been keeping up with news and uh, wrestling, WrestleMania 37 has been announced that it will be heading and is themed WrestleMania Hollywood, um, which is going to be um, in 2021 in L.A. Uh, this will be at the SoFi Stadium, which I think opens up uh, this summer. And WrestleMania will be March 28th, 2021, which is um, the home of the Rams and the Chargers in NFL. And then and a whole bunch of other stuff actually is announced for the Summer Olympics and so on. But WrestleMania will be there in 2021. So we quickly talked about this a little bit in our group chat. But hell, let's just talk about it on the show. So quick little uh, throw around the table real quick. And I'll throw it to you first, Jamal. Is that uh, are are you in? Are you out? Or is this a maybe? And why? So the shorter answer is is I'm definitely in, um, and it's largely because I went to WrestleMania 21 back in 2001, I think. Yeah, 2001. No, 2002. Um, no, I don't know. Oh three was 20. No, 14. Oh four was 20. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, uh, 2004, 2005, something like that. Um, but yeah, so I definitely went to Staples Center for WrestleMania 21 way back when, and it would be great to go to another WrestleMania in Los Angeles. And of course, this is the new football stadium out there in Los Angeles. So that would be pretty cool to see a WrestleMania in a giant, um, you know, football stadium. I haven't been to one of those since 29 at, uh, in Jersey. So definitely in for that. Also, the stadium is in Inglewood, which is south of downtown Los Angeles, about four miles from the airport. So getting out of town isn't really going to be as much of a problem. You know, L.A. is notorious for traffic. But really, if you get the good strategic hotel, uh, you can be in and out of there pretty quickly. So I'm you know, pretty, pretty interested to see what they do. And obviously, uh, what obviously what the shows are going to be, you know, is Ring of Honor going to have a show in Los Angeles? They don't really run that territory. Um, will New Japan have an impact because they do have New Japan LA? Um, the dojo is out there. Um, you know, Bar Wrestling will be interesting to see what they do since it's coming to their backyard. Will AEW have anything since so many people are from Southern California, including the Bucks, SCU, uh, and so on? So it would be interesting. Um, to see how all of that takes place. So, yeah, <clears throat> Los Angeles, uh, I'm definitely in for next year. Uh, and I can't imagine a reason of why I wouldn't go. 
Yeah, LA is definitely an interesting proposition since Lord knows they've never been able to do a stadium WrestleMania there before. It's going to be a state of the art venue. It's only going to open in July and gone through one football season by the time next year rolls around. So I can't imagine that the venue is going to be anything less than spectacular. Lord knows they've been trying to get a new stadium in LA forever. So this is going to be as good as it's going to get. Uh, what I'm curious about, yeah, like you were just mentioning, Jamal, is with the surrounding events, is uh, PWG going to try to put on a, a big show out there with so many of the talent that they use tied up with other companies? That could be a very interesting situation where it might be a deal like, well, other play- people are running shows in typical Mania fashion. Would PWG be put in a position where people will suddenly be like, yeah, we're going to enforce our contracts and normally we let you work their deals, but not this weekend. So there's, there's, there'd be a lot of interesting moving pieces, I think, with the L.A. WrestleMania on the West Coast and just how that would look with, like you said, New Japan having the dojo out there and all the various West Coast indies. And heck, you got the logistics just of all the East Coast folks that normally either with Mania on the East Coast or even when it's down like in New Orleans or something, those are real easy treks to make for the East Coast people. When you got to go all the way across the country, it changes things. So I think it could be a, a, a WrestleMania with a distinctly different flavor. I'm tentative at this point. I want to see what else shakes out on this, but they definitely have my attention. Yeah. Easy answer for me is yes. Uh, not a big fan of L.A., but I am a big fan of stadiums. And I do envy Jamal, if anybody that's been a long fan of our show, knowing that Jamal, uh, was it 2018 or 2019, that you did sort of your tour of uh, the, a vast majority of MLB and, uh, and AAA baseball stadiums? Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> but I've been doing that for years, though. I mean, I, I've... Uh... Haven't done one in about a year, but yeah, I usually go on like a week long baseball road trip. Um, but uh, yeah, but I'm gonna yeah, more than a week long. I mean, you you you've been to numerous stadiums throughout uh, America and 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 Canada is that too as well. So, but for me, like new stadium, it that that that's appealing to me. So to find a legitimate reason to go to L.A. for all the sentiments that you guys have already said, for all the show possibilities and so forth, I'm, I'm in for that. My other really quick question to you, I'll just throw it back to you, Jamal, really quick, and then we'll move on to the next topic, is that, so they're not wasting no time in utilizing this new stadium. That Raiders stadium in Vegas is right around the corner from opening mm-hmm. as well, too. Do you think they double back on the West Coast 2022? Uh, well, since WrestleMania is such an event for a city, I think they kind of have an idea of what cities would be able to leverage uh, the, the event to come into their town. Um, we know generally when it's going to be, but what city is going to put forth the best effort mm. to uh, you know, woo the WWE for their biggest show of the year? Yeah. And to be honest with you, it's kind of like the Olympics. All of these you know, uh, cities vi- and countries even uh, vie for the Olympics to come or the World Cup to come through because they know what the tourism dollars are. They know what the what the um, the revenue streams are for people that are coming in. And it's a very attractive prospect to say that, hey, we held WrestleMania X number of times. And, you know, it's the same thing with the Super Bowl. So the short answer to your question is um, I, there's no way to know that they're going to do it twice in a row. Um, because there are still some other attractive properties out there 
Um, Vegas isn't one. the only one. Vegas isn't the only one that's building a new stadium, you know? Yeah. And then, of course, there is the UK. Yeah, uh, and that's true. UK is a thing, and the UK fans have been begging for a WrestleMania or even a big-time SummerSlam event. You know, they haven't had one of those in 20 years. So, you know, they logistically, it's not as uh, far-fetched to have WrestleMania in London as we once thought. Yeah. So... Very, yeah, very true. Just, I was just wondering. I, like I said, I know... It seems like they have a trend of eyeing new stadiums as soon as they're open. Atlanta just opened up one not too long ago uh, or last season. Uh, Raiders, like I said, should be uh, opening up this year, I believe. So that's attractive. And hell, when you do Vegas, the fight capital of, of the world, you got the Raiders Stadium. You got uh, T-Mobile Arena right there. So you got some options. But uh, let's get into our weekend. So last week, we did talk about how exciting things were going to be here in the DMV area. We had the XFL, which Will uh, was able to attend. We'll talk about really quick. And then uh, me and Jamal, we we enter, uh, we enter, we um, attended ROH's free enterprise uh, at the UMBC Arena, which before we get started, I definitely want to give a shout out to the people at ROH for accommodating us for uh, media, uh, their media event beforehand. So we was able to um, kind of talk to some of the talent before the show got started. I got about six or seven interviews on YouTube right now. Also, speaking of YouTube, we're about a little less than 40 subscribers. I'm hitting 7,000. So definitely shout out to everyone who's been supporting. But yes, we do have some exclusive interviews with ROH Talent on the YouTube channel right now that you can check out. And again, thank you for the people at uh, ROH for uh, accompanying us uh, this prior weekend. Uh, But yeah, Will. XFL, man. How, how was that? <laughs> talk, talk, talk to us. I will. I will try to keep this like as short and sweet and in a nutshell as possible. Here, here's my take from XFL opening weekend, very first game of XFL 2.0. DC Defenders against Seattle Dragons at uh, Audi Field here in DC, which is uh, DC United's new stadium. It was a great afternoon. Sunny, great weather. Other than a little bit of wind, the weather could not have been perf- more perfect. It was maybe mid forties in February, so there's you know definitely a possibility given the time of year they're playing that you may have to deal with some elements. None of that last week. Big crowd, seventeen thousand one hundred sixty three was the official attendance in a twenty k stadium. So they really got a great crowd in there. Got like just the vibes for that first XFL game. Live, at least. And it seemed to come across on TV, too, from what I saw the broadcast. People were real into it. Great time. No, like, people, like, kind of, you know, turning up their nose at it. Like, people were out to have a good time and watch some football. It's the rule changes being in the stadium. They're very clear. There's nothing confusing about what's going on. Like, with the extra point, they have to declare how they're handling the extra point, whether they're going for one, two, or three. Um what else can I say about it? God, it was for twenty dollars. Yeah, yeah, we oh yeah, we we get all the merch and all that for um for for what they're charging. This is really the thing for me for the money they're charging, especially if it's in an MLS stadium where the seating is very vertical. There are no bad seats in that place, nice. so you do not need to break the bank to be close to the action. Um, if the if it's the New York Guardians in Giant Stadium, that might be a little different. But I think even there, they're only selling like the lower bowl. So if you got a chance to go to an XFL game, 
right now I would highly recommend going. You're not going to have to spend a ton of money. You can probably get the cheapest seats in the place for 20 bucks and you'll have a great darn time. The only drawbacks of any sort I saw at Audi Field last week is just the bathroom lines were long and the concession <laughs> lines were long. But that's on the venue. And I'm not even quite sure why that was the case because all the concessions were open. The place yeah. seemed fully staffed, but yeah. just the lines were long for that stuff. So the only complaints I heard of any sort was just people complaining about the bathrooms. But they were all open. So I'm not sure what happened I... that the bathrooms were so darn weird. But I think part of it might have just been there were a lot of guys there. Yeah. So, ladies didn't have no mean. problem. The wife, the wife was yeah, the wife was able to sneak right in and out, no problem. But <laughs> it was a damn good time. The games are fun. The vibes were good. Vince cleaned up on some merchandise last weekend. I will tell you that because the hoodies, the jackets, the jerseys. By the time we left, most everything was gone, and people had stuff everywhere in there. It was a great time. Not sure what's going to happen this second week. What kind of, you know, hit they'll take as far as like attendance and ratings. But every game I saw last weekend, the first inaugural four games, they were all fun. So I'm yeah. really I'm much more positive and hopeful on this version of the XFL than the prior version. It came across much more different. Like they were saying, this is more of a football first presentation. So it's a full thumbs up from me so far. If you can go, go. Yeah. Quickly a remark and then I'm going to introduce the rest of the team because everyone has just joined uh for me i'm guessing the bathroom situation is probably because of the fact that because the timing and everything is different everyone didn't know exactly when to sneak out so it might have been like more of a trend where it's like oh i see a lot of people going might just go or maybe it was just a big gap in other words but i did know just from quickly looking at highlights and stuff the pacing looked amazing Mm -hmm. um was not bored was not bored at all they're shorter The shorter play clock in person keeps things moving, and it's it's definitely a noticeably faster play pace, but it keeps you engaged. Like pretty much the only times things kind of you know dragged was when they'd have a commercial break or there was an injury timeout. But when yeah. that play clock is moving and they're just doing play after play after play, it's fun, and you you just get really drawn into it. So I really like yeah the faster play clock. I was a big fan of. Yeah. So uh, like I said, the rest of the team did join. My man Salty G Damien has joined and Silly Sellers himself. Fellas, how you guys doing? Thanks for joining. Good to be here. Doing uh, good. I got my tickets to March 7th, uh, Dallas versus New York XFL. Uh, so that seems fitting. I, I, you know, it's one of those things where, number one, I think Dallas might have the worst team in the XFL. So that makes me happy <laughs> as a native New Yorker based on this past weekend. <laughs> Uh, and number two, just another quick aside, uh, the XFL fired their first defensive coordinator, former New York sure Giant did. Pepper Johnson, after one game. Sure did. Jeez. I mean, damn, not even the NFL fires you after the inaugural <laughs> game. Jesus, man. No, no games being played in the XFL. <laughs> <laughs> the firing clock's just as fast as the, as the game clock. Man. <laughs> but I'm excited. In uh, two. And two chains, sorry about your leak, man. Um, I know you was trying to keep that under wraps about your wedding, so uh, I know kind of <laughs> oh, trolling you oh, a little bit this week. Oh. Um, don't say so, that because people gonna people gonna dig people gonna dig deep into that. Don't say that. Don't say that. I'm gonna start digging. Let me. So yeah, something. Go ahead. Go, go, go ahead. I'm about to say something happened that should have happened that two chains been hiding as as a, a big infatuation for years. As oh long as I've known him. I'm about to meet um, this guy. I know oh, what it okay. is. <laughs> okay. It's so I'll, just, I'll just leave it at that. It's hard. It's it's hard out here, man. 
it's hard out here. Anyway, I want to throw this at Jamal really quick because I know again we did talk a little bit about the XFL, and and, and then you guys can just quickly uh, answer so we can move forward to our real topics for the night. After the first week of XFL, you guys in or not? Obviously, Damon already gave us his yes. So Jamal, first game, what you thinking now? Um, so the short answer is yes, um, definitely in. Um, I don't like the NFL, but I do enjoy football. And I think a lot of the problems that of the NFL, the XFL, definitely addressed and then some. Um, the, the shorter play clock is a must. Uh, the kickoff is looks great. And the fact that um, that the double forward pass is actually interesting. I really want to see that implemented, um, you know, in, in, in play. Um, and the PAT situation is, you know, great. So just keep it going. The only thing that I really have a problem with are the optics. Playing at Giant Stadium or MetLife Stadium, playing at um at the ballpark of Arlington, um, playing in uh where the the TWA Dome in St. Louis, these are sixty thousand seat stadiums, mm-hmm. uh, forty thousand seat stadiums for the baseball stadium. Hold on, hold on. I, to be clear, are you saying that the other teams? I I did not actually figure out where other teams were playing. Are you saying people are playing at NFL stadiums? The New York team plays yep. in Jersey at Giant Stadium. Oh, I um, know that. St. Louis plays at the Dome. Um, and uh, yeah. the Dallas team plays at the ballpark of Arlington. Yeah. Uh, where the Rangers I will used say to play. the Dome will probably sell out, though. I think the Dome will probably sell out. They're going to be excited about any type of professional football in St. Louis. They're so not that might be your biggest in St. Louis to watch football. You sure about that? It might be yes. the greatest show on turf, the X version. No one is. This, I would be surprised. <laughs> If they got more than twenty five thousand, hell, I was surprised that in San Antonio they got thirty thousand to come see the AAF last year. Um, <laughs> I don't know about numbers, but yeah, St. Louis is definitely missing the team now, so maybe they might just gravitate to it. But at the same time, I mean, well, I, I don't, I don't know. I would be curious to see what they do. It really looks, it looks bad when you see three levels of unfettered Emptiness. seats. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't care. Like, the whole oh, sideline too. Right. Yeah. So aesthetics you, matter. Aesthetics absolutely it matter. It does. And it looks amateurish when you look up a giant stadium and you see uh, 50,000 gray seats and 20,000 fans huddled around the end zone. That obviously does not indicative of the product, but from an optics level, if you're just glancing channels, you go, oh my God, football in March? Yeah. The hell and, is this? It's because and, giant stadium should be full. And on top of that, too, like for the main reasons why we're kind of like looking at it, and I, I'm not sure who said this, but somebody was like, Oh my God, Fox is covering it. ESPN is covering it. Yeah, because it, it is a legitimate sport and it's getting legitimate coverage. But to your point, you're seeing it on all the big time networks and then you see all these seats em- empty. That does make you think as a consumer, like, I don't know if I am buying into this. You know, well, just off a yeah, straight well, look, you know. So ESPN have a stake in the XFL. So it's not like CBS is covering this or NBC is covering it. I mean, they're covering the aftermath, but Fox and ESPN are bigging the XFL up because they wanted to make money for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So mean, let's not forget that one thing I have. Yeah, so one thing I'll quickly add, though, just mm-hmm. the presentation that what is on TV, like what ESPN and Fox are producing, especially of how they did the instant replay, um, how it was just so transparent. Things like that, I think, are going to get want people to actually go to the games in addition to looking at it on TV. So I think when you look at the futuristic of what it does, the first XFL, 
actually set up standards of how the NFL and other football broadcasts are taking over with the camera view. I think this is just only going to benefit the production of football in general of what the NFL or other football programs are going to do based on what the XFL has done again. Yeah, I, it's little things I like. It's the animation with the football, uh, with the team logos when they score and stuff like that. I like it. So I, I like that they're making it fun. And I, and I like that uh, for the first week of what I've seen, they're hashing out a little bit of the little bit of the tweaks that they need to do with officiating and everything. But overall, man, that's my short answer. Um, I can't wait to go to, uh, go to the next game. Hopefully we get some good weather to complement that uh, when they're back in D.C. But uh, for everything that they say they was going to do, I feel like they delivered as far as the rule and the structures and the scoring and everything. So that looks pretty, pretty cool. But, yeah, let's move on to ROH really quick now. Now, I'm gonna, I'm, uh, we, we have definitely on this show been talking about ROH for like the last couple of weeks. Really good constructive criticism. And we're revisiting it again because as you know, after this week, free enterprise, which, you know, overall was a fan appreciation. And that was their way of saying thank you for fans through their support. Uh, You're welcome. (laughs) But, uh, you know, the big question now, and obviously because me and Jamal attended, we'll, we'll start, we'll start this off is that, do you feel like the message was received? No. So the short answer is no. The longer answer is who is the message intended that, to? Yep, yeah, yeah. And so the, whatever the, the matches are with Ring of Honor's free enterprise, and if you have Honor Club, then you know what I'm talking about. However, if you have Honor Club already, then you're more invested in Ring of Honor than Joe Hoff is. In the standard part, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, if you have Honor Club, if you go to matches, if you're following Ring of Honor consistently – then you're more invested than Sinclair Broadcasting is. Mm -hmm. So the problem with that is, when you say thank you, who are you saying thank you to? And because, are you saying thank you to me? Are you a casual fan that just happened to be free on a day and made the trek up to Baltimore? Or are you saying thank you to the loyalists who, you know, are, you know, steady in numbers, but less in, uh, you know, uh, visibility? Mm -hmm. So... Another problem that I have is with the fact that just knowing that the event was the event, I did not expect it to have storyline implications. Mm-hmm. I knew that it was going to be broadcast on TV because, you know, why wouldn't they? But I just thought that this was going to be essentially a house show. And it wasn't. It was basically uh, a, a four hour long, and that's just hideously long. But it was a four hour long. I think four uh, hours was nice. It was, was, was a nice. Uh... <laughs> a, a, a nice sum of how long it was. I want to say it felt like almost five, to be honest, but c- continue. But a four-hour-long event that was, um, you know, broadcast with all of these different storyline implications, and, and that just really got me to wondering, all of these matches and stuff are great, but what does it matter if you don't have a TV deal to communicate what the storylines are going forward? Yeah. Because, when it, because the event was on Sunday, last Sunday. Mm-hmm. And if I turned on ROH that week or that night, would I see you know storylines that would follow after this? No, no, I would not, because that week's Ring of Honor had already aired in Baltimore the night before. So, and I don't think they were building up the free enterprise. So it's it's just a really weird predicament that they're in, and they're kind of painting themselves into a corner. And I really hope, no matter what they do, it doesn't matter who they have. 
It doesn't matter what, what names they got. It doesn't matter what the production looks like. If nobody can see the goddamn show. Yeah. So, uh, I don't yeah. know. Weird. I, to me, okay, so first off, was the message received? People came out, obviously. Uh, they gave away a ton of... I don't know. They, 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 they ran a hell of a... What do you want to call it? I ain't going to say open table, but they had a hell of a merch sale going on before you entered the arena. Everything under $5. I actually got some cool things myself, uh, but it ranged from T-shirts to, uh, you know, small handheld things, pens, stickers, coins, all that other stuff. Every DVD you could think of, everything from five dollars all the way to a dollar, they had um, a ton of stuff, wow. and it made people happy. I mean, look at <laughs> the ROH are, liquidation sale. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. If you are you were a fan of, of collecting DVDs, that was the place to be because you could have got a whole year's worth of things and still came up short of like twenty dollars. So like they they did the part there. The fans was definitely excited about that. Um, there was even some memorabilia that was signed out there. Uh, going for virtually that price. Uh, they gave away, I don't even know what these things are called, honestly, but they're like the little things that you like smack together, like balloons or whatever. I don't, oh, I don't know. Oh, thundersticks. Yeah, yeah, they, they gave away those. So as far as, as far as, you know, was the message received, that's still, a, that's kind of a blurred question because the idea is that tons of kids were there. Um, people of all ages, and I would, I would guess from all different areas as well. Actually, I've seen some people come down from New York uh, so people got it. People got there. But there were some things me and Jamal talked about a little bit that, you know, they truly, truly could have packed the entire house if they would have really marketed this as a fan appreciation. And to be honest, I didn't even interpret it into it being a, a fan appreciation until I actually got there. So I, I, I do feel like there was like a lapse in the marketing as well as like, hey, you guys, we know we've been off our game. Here's a way to give back. Let's give tickets to our loyalists, people who may be questionable about us, the the support groups that obviously the community work that they've been doing. It should have been a lot of that that was going on. It felt like a regular show, which in in fact, you looked at the card, it was an A-plus pay-per-view quality show. It had tons of talent that had a great, good talent, their A-plus talent um, in matches that had implications like Jamal said. So in other words, it was just a pay-per-view that they just had for free. If you was able to attend, you couldn't attend. So you know that that's why I say it's kind of a blur a blur thing. But nonetheless, um, it was a good show. Went long, had fun. Uh, UMBC uh, Arena is a, a, a very nice arena. Uh, if that's what's going to be their home base, which they will be back in July for Final Battle, uh, which is an upgrade. Because last time with the Final Battle, uh, Jamal's favorite place in Baltimore was where yeah. it was at. And um, I, no one was going to be drawn to that. So hopefully we'll be back in July uh, covering that as well, too, giving you guys exclusive content as well. But, uh, you know, that's just the short half of this question. The next half, which I would throw to the people who did not attend, and obviously from what you heard from your remarks, and if y'all got any other questions about, like, the optics and everything of us going there, definitely shoot back at us, mm-hmm. um, is that 2020, we've been talking about it for a long time. They have been positioning themselves with significant changes in 2020, uh, Marty locking Marty down as a talent, putting Marty out as their head booker. They still have Delirious, uh, Gresham running, uh, running talent relations, head of the dojo. So there's, there's some change. They doing the um the women's tryout, uh, and then actually to kind of bounce back off of that too. The new one that they're introducing the new woman's title, and they're having a tournament for it. So they're they're doing small things, but. 
the question is, what really needs to happen next for ROH to grow? And I will throw it to you, Will, first. What, <laughs> what, what, what is the next big pivot that needs to happen here? I would say the next big pivot now is not even really a pivot. They have to deliver on all these changes they've made and on the product that they're going to present in 2020. We know they've changed the managers. We know they've changed people who are running things and gotten people in and out of there and made all these changes and now try to put their best foot forward with this fan appreciation thing. Now they need to consistently put on different and interesting and unique and new TV to get people hooked in to what they're doing. I looked as last weekend as I assumed it was going to be like a soft reset of things heading into the new year. And I was, I wasn't there. So I don't know how it did it come across like that. Did it come across like a new start for ROH when you were no. there? No, it did. It felt no. like more of the same. Yeah. Again, the short answer is that when you, when you do something that's really untraditional is, is, putting together a pay-per-view, an A-plus pay-per-view quality show and giving it for free, you think, like, all right, well, something obviously has to be, like, different here, but uh -huh, it uh -huh. just wasn't, you know? Right. Okay. See, I'm looking at, like, this. I'm looking at, like, as, like, a, like a struggling restaurant that, for a long time, people haven't been happy with and they haven't been going. The place is on its last legs. It's like one of those reality show makeover deals where it's like, okay, We've come in. We're going to remake your whole place. We're going to give you a new menu. We're going to redo your kitchen. We're going to give your chef some training or bring in a whole new chef or some stuff and some new managers. And you have done all that now. And now it's opening night. And now you got to deliver on all these changes and show, okay, now we have a better menu. Now we have different stuff that you're going to like. You got to show me that you're actually doing something different. And that's what I'm not seeing yet, is I need something different out of ROH to show me that this isn't the same old Ring of Honor that's been struggling for the last year. That's so, what I need. So, so, so what, that, that's what, my do you, what question, is it that though. you want, Will? I, I'll let you jump in there, Marcel. That's what, what I was about What to is say. it that you want, Will? That's what, I wanna, that's what I'm curious about. When you say they that, that is different, my same what question is it that too. you want? I would say what I want to see is that – They've had a very pat hand for a long time with guys like the Briscoes, Jay Lethal. You know, they've, they've kind of they got a little bit of an affiliation going on with the NWA. And, and I get that you can't bring in a whole bunch of, you know, different faces and all that. I get that. But I need to see something that doesn't feel like normal Ring of Honor. I need to see something out of the box. I need to see an angle or a program or something that feels fresh. I need something fresh out of them that doesn't feel like the norm. Something that's going to spark my interest. Because right now, it's just like, okay, I mean, it, it, it's same old Ring of Honor. Right. It, it, it's Ring of Honor with like, you know, they're putting, a, they're putting a bit more money into things and they're paying the guys better and they're making an effort. That's, that's great, but... I need something different because what you've been doing for the past year ain't interesting me and it ain't doing it for me. Mm -hmm. So you got to give me something different, something noticeably and tangibly different than what you've been offering. Go, go ahead, Marcellus. That, that, and that was my question too, to change because the thing I was thinking about is when we think about what's in wrestling right now, we got AEW out there who's already trying to do things differently. That's open between that, indie circuit and that main main level wwe circuit it's like 
ROH is going to have a hard time to think of something that you're saying, well, that's so creative, that's going to be mm -hmm. outside the box to make people want to go see what they're doing. Um, it, 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 like even with Evolve, Evolve has their things that's connected with, you know, AEW or connected with WWE and those things. It's like ROH is by itself. And when you're thinking about what you're saying to change how the show was, you had a four-hour show that was like an A-plus pay-per-view. What was it that you couldn't do in four hours that even after you left that stadium, it's like you felt like you had nothing else to want to even watch it again or even go to another show? Yeah, you want to still support it, but it was like nothing connected you to see what you want to do to move forward. So, Will, I'm, I'm just thinking about you. Like, what is that fresh thing? What is it that we haven't seen before that's going to bring people in you know, just I'll to tell you right now, want to be be what's relevant for ROH. Go ahead, I'm listening. I'm definitely intrigued. I'll tell you right now, it's a TV deal. <laughs> I mean, you're wrong. And, and to uh, Will, to use your analogy, I'm just confused. No, to, to use your analogy, Will, Ring of Honor is a restaurant. It's an Italian restaurant. Mm -hmm. You're not going to reinvent Italian food, and it, if you want to keep it Italian, so you're going to have some pasta. You're going to have some meatballs. You're going to use a shit ton of olive oil. It's Italian mm -hmm. restaurant. So, but that's what people want. That's what you've given them. And that's not, and that food ain't actually bad. But you don't advertise. So it doesn't matter if you have this, you know, great recipe. It doesn't matter if you changed, you know, the lighting or did the decor. It doesn't really matter what you put into it if mm -hmm. you don't advertise. And I'm saying that, like, even AEW as a startup, and let's not forget that they are a startup within four months of, the, of television within a year and change of existence. And what does Cody do? He hits all the major, major uh, you know, media markets, uh, major players in the media market of the town that they're going to be in. Um, um, everybody has a YouTube presence. Jim Ross has uh, a podcast. Jericho has a podcast. Sammy Guevara, being the elite, started the whole damn thing, which is a YouTube presence. Um, I, I think that Ring of Honor presents a unique your perspective on wrestling anyway, and that's more of the pure, I don't want to say amateur, but more of the um, straightforward, no, this is wrestling and wins and losses matter and stuff, and not in the over-the-top, you know, uh, super high characters. There are a few, of course, you know, PCO and stuff like that, uh, but mostly, you know, these are just good-ass wrestlers that do the wrestling. So, so then what's missing? And that's a TV deal. And the mm -hmm. fact that they couldn't sell out a free show in their hometown is indicative of the fact that they're not doing something. They're not marketing. And it may yeah. not be, you know, the uh, advertising on TV, but they're owned by a television company. It may not be that. But I'll be goddamned if Sinclair doesn't, you know, uh, put any effort into marketing the product. And that's a shame. Yeah. Let me ask a yeah. question that, that since I don't own cable, I don't see a lot of commercials. So... Do you all see any ROH <laughs> commercials at all no. where they're being advertised? Or when ROH is on. If I need yeah. that knee brace, it is on it. It hits you like spam. <laughs> right, when right, you, right. When like, you creep it up in the morning, the morning, Jay Lethal right there, just like, I got you, I, yeah, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, is it, so is it similar to, let's say, those old ECW advertisers at 2.30 in the morning in the Northeast? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I was yeah. just I was just going to say, say that much though. Yeah. I was just going to say what Jamal is saying hit me like a ton of bricks because Same. it's really it's really this damn simple. Even NWA Power. If I'm talking about that to somebody, I can and they ask me when it's on, I can say Tuesday at 6:05 is when it's on and then it's available on demand. Yeah. 
Ring of Honor, you cannot tell somebody when it's on. It's on, in, it's on in different places all over the place. Yeah. It's not a destination. Yep. Yep. The yeah. show so is like a destination. There's no set time for it. If somebody says, when is Ring of Honor on? My question, my question to them would be, what's your zip code? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's Google it. it. The answer still, I don't know. <laughs> that so, is still, I don't know. So, it's like, so you, like you walk upon it. <laughs> so let me let me go back to the show, the free show you guys went to, and and the more you guys kept describing it, the more, and then Jamal mentioning you know marketing in general, this felt like one of those free information courses that you bring people to for either a pyramid scheme, a multi-level marketing, <laughs> where it's like. Hey, the lifers will show up. It's free. They'll bring a friend. Oh, time we, share. Have, we have upsells. Time, so we have about merch. to say timeshare. You know, <laughs> to, to try to oh, elicit we'll new wrestling it. fans, because I've been to a couple of those where it's like a free webinar, free this, and, you know, then they try to get you to buy the course. But that's how it felt when you guys were describing it. And then, you know, I do know a couple of people working in the, the merch stands this past weekend, and they were they were talking like, yeah, we were just kind of giving everything away as much as possible because I've seen Evolve do this at LaBoom where they'll sell DVDs for like a buck or two bucks just to like, we'll say, in, uh, liquidate the inventory. But it just feels like a, hey, Honor Club people, we want to give you all this awesome stuff, but make sure you bring three people because we have no other, word, uh, no other promotion beside word of mouth. And yeah. that's pretty sad. Yeah. So uh, one, one, one yeah. side bit. Uh, the boom, best chicken quesadilla I've ever had. <laughs> oh my god! So if if I'm going to an evolve show, I might not want to go, but if it's at the boom, I'm coming hungry. <laughs> I will. I will. You guys have been knocking it out on this, and you're you're absolutely right. The TV did. First of all, anybody that can answer this question, what comes on first, Mash or ROH? Mash. That depends on where you live. <laughs> right That's around here, it's Castle Zip Code. It's Ooh. a trick question. You should be asleep either, either when either one of them comes on. So it doesn't even matter. It's past your bedtime if you're seeing them come on. But no, seriously. Okay, so look. Here's my thing, and I, I'm gonna throw a little bit of uh, a little bit of the positives as to what they're doing. Now, again, I gotta just take it at face value. Can't really invest in it, but Marty and NWA, NWA thing is a plus because we see that they're branching out, creating storylines across promotions, all and and also. Um, Marty showing up at New Japan is another thing, and then a super kind of super card of honor down in Lakeland, Florida, uh, is another plus because you're seeing the New Japan relationship working. So good. So that that creates a little bit of uh, intrigue and maybe mystique for certain uh, viewers and there and so forth. But always as the brand solely himself is still just an issue. Um, to Jamal's point about it not being selling out, I mean, when it comes down to tickets, regardless if it has a price or not, we know scrapers are going to do what they're going to do. So I do assume that all the tickets were gone, but were all the seat, all the butts and seats? No. And that's truly just an issue. What do you there do? There's no put... way in the hell that things were sold out. I, I mean, how many, how ca- many, what's the capacity? I, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't 4, matter. 500 maybe. It, they probably okay. didn't open up the whole arena, so that that doesn't really matter. But they did. There, there were people well, sitting in the upper level. I understand that, but there are people that says, "I got this ticket. I'm gonna sit in my seat." But mm-hmm. you you can imagine uh, people getting more than one seat, and you know, and then and then you know they actually not showing up, or the scrapers getting multiple. You know how the bots doing all that other stuff. So regardless of the, of the actual attendance of it, 
the, the issue for me is not how the ticket sales or giveaway did. It's the fact of really motivating people to be at the show. And that's where I felt like that um, that they didn't totally uh, uh, capture on. So, you know, they, they do got some work. I feel like April, we're going to revisit this again. That would be after Mania season. I'd be at the SuperCon of Honor. Uh, but my last little thing I'll say, and then I'm going to throw it to Damien really quick. Like I said, number one, they do have the new women's title coming about. They're doing a tournament. Uh, I think it's called Something for Gold. I can't even think of it right now. Uh, they are getting deals done. They have locked in their uh, some of their familiar faces that have been there. The Briscoes, uh, PJ Black is there. Uh, Session Marsh Martinez, another sign that, uh, a signing that they got. And then they are cleaning up in Australia. They're not wasting no time recruiting over there, which is great. Uh, questionably, the Jeff Cobb things is he just mm. appeared at AEW. Not sure how that helps them. Uh, and, and then this really pivotal year of so much happening in professional wrestling. ROH, I feel like, is the one that's constantly looking in the mirror saying Candyman. And about the time they say it the third time, they realize, like, uh, not yet. So <laughs> it, 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 it's, 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 it's still, like I said, I think we should revisit this in about, about April-ish, May and see what have they done in this first quarter, and we can assess it from there. Uh, but like I can't stress enough. We just want to see it do better. We just got a point. And absolutely, everything that cultivates around this has to do with a TV deal. Everything revolves around right. TV deal. And then if you don't even want to do a TV deal, because God forsake, if they wasn't what Sinclair, YouTube is the, absolutely the, working. And that's part of my next, part of my quick ahead, question I wanted to throw out there, is aside from the TV deal, which we said like they need and this borderline partnership with NWA power, what other avenues can they reach out to, to help improve their either television product? Do they go like to an actual consulting agency, some sort of a branding associates where we see now everyone has a brand ambassador or something like that, where they can facilitate relationships and cultivate a different viewing experience. Cause we'll mention it. What else you got? So what could be their niche aside adding an extra element into wrestling? So that's something that, that's been on my mind the more we discuss it is that they need to tap into a, uh, the market aside from wrestling because there's something for everyone in wrestling. So why are what are they not doing beside the television deal? Like what can they do? What other partnerships can they put together? I mean, you know, doing, I just thought about charitable. this. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say they're doing charitable work, but I don't, I'm not sure if that's going to actually produce quality in the brand. But my other thing is, too, is simply enough, I would give credit. Their website is absolutely phenomenal. I think it's really well designed. However, their social media could be could be their presence could be just a lot better. And when I say that, I mean, like you have talent, you have future of honor talent, you have your feeder systems, make everyone actively engaging, not with just with the brands, but with talent. Make it intimate to the point that people want to come because you drew them to them. You made them a fan of who you are. Instead of it just being the whole overall deal of like MCW, Future of Honor, always. Do you like it or do you not? But why not make it so that the fact you can be a fan of the Briscoes are absolutely the most loved talent in ROH and it was well received when they came out. Can anybody ever tell me, have they ever seen the Briscoes on social media? That's my issue right there. Social media could be a bad place, but damn, it could be powerful if you're using it right. And when you have that type of platforms to draw to your to your brand, matter of fact, the top always brand, uh, the, the top always talent 
don't even use social media. Jay Lethal, the Briscoes, you know, all these people that's been a staple in this brand for so long. How do they engage with their talent? Coming to do meet and greets just isn't enough because you're already there. So you might as well just get the show in the other place if that's how they're looking at it that way. They need to do more on that note. Marcel, let's go ahead. Yeah, one thing I was thinking about, and, and I don't know what made me think about this this way, but when you was talking, Damien, I was like, maybe if they could pitch it the right way, they can do something where maybe they build some type of best and worst of ROH or some type of movie production and see if Netflix or Amazon can have it. Then use that as a precursor to go to Netflix Live or, or Amazon Live where they can have their first content where something is live streaming instead of something that's posted up there where they have like five episodes at a time or six episodes, but something that has something live, similar to what Bleacher Report Live does currently now. Maybe that's something they could do. It's a risk, high reward, where they have to pitch it the right way. But just maybe something like that could happen where they could put their product up there, which leads to more social media, leads to more people talking about it. And a lot of people have Netflix and Amazon already. So just throwing that bit of live content, if they can put it up there, maybe do something to you know boost it up in the right way. Again, it's a reach, but it pitched the right way. That's um okay. That's, so let me uh, let me jump in real quick before we move on. Um, ring of, if you look up Ring of Honor, the the Ricky Ottery Cardo says that their headquarters is in Television Hill in Baltimore. Their address is actually the address of Channel Forty Five, Sinclair Broadcasting's flagship station for the network. You're telling me that Ring of Honor can't use a TV studio, <laughs> shoot a show like NWA Power does in the Georgia <laughs> Public Broadcasting uh, Studios for free. Broadcast that at a specific time to Honor Club first, and then YouTube second, and then Sinclair Networks around the country third. You tell me that they couldn't do that this week and tape <laughs> a three-hour event and have shows for the next three weeks, and then tour, yeah. and then tour, mm-hmm. and then send your send your um, and they could do house shows to you know get the product out there, and then come back home to to tour. It's yeah. exactly what NWA is doing, and it is slowly working. People are talking about the NWA. But if you – Ring of Honor, it's not the pyro. It's not the wrestling. They present a different, unique, more pure – the pure championship is coming back. But they, pre- they present a, a very unique uh, type of wrestling. Give it yeah. to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, got, they right. got to create a destination. That's what it comes down to. There's no destination. The destination is Baltimore, to... Maryland, at the top of Television Hill. Yep. Do it. And on top the of that, the word, the, the word destination means it must be a site that <laughs> you must want to go to to enjoy. But quickly, I'll just say really quick, uh, talking about doing things different. You know, they're doing the RH past versus present. I don't know if a lot of people are buying into that. That could be something different. We'll see That's how it goes. Yeah, exactly. We'll, 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 we'll talk about it later um, after April when all most of this stuff has kind of resolved. And then obviously, again, we'll revisit uh, once we're in attendance in June. And we'll, we'll, we'll keep you guys updated with our – more of our breakdown of, of, of and, 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 uh, and, and analyzing the brand as uh, we go through 2020. So, look, next topic really quick. Triple H – and this is a rumor now that – and it makes sense. I mean, I don't know anybody to, to kind of confirm this rumor, but it makes sense because, I mean, look who we're talking about. But Triple H has been rumored to really wanting to recruit New Japan Pro Wrestling star Okada into NXT. I'm going to throw this right at Will. What in the world <laughs> has to get done for this deal to get done? And ultimately, 
Is Okada even worth the trouble to getting a deal like this done? Whatever the ramifications may be. Okay, so you made me really quick Google what Okada's age is so I can know what we're dealing with here. Okay, Okada is 32. Okada is not that darn old, which I knew, but I just wasn't sure where he stood currently. Okada is a a chill 23-year-old American. (laughs) There you go. You put that put that into perspective. <laughs> I I am looking at it like this. What what what's the closest uh, example we would have of this? And that would be when they got Nakamura to come over a number mm-hmm. of years ago. Nakamura came over when he did because his body was starting to break down. He's an older guy, and it was time for him to be able to do a slower style, not have to have so much wear and tear on his body, and he could make good money doing it at the same time. Okada ain't at that point yet, unless he's got a bunch of injuries piling up that we don't know about. But Lord knows, it's not like he's taking any time off. I think Okada's got a ton of miles left on him. He's got a ton of things left to do. And Lord knows, he is the ace of New Japan. So the only way I could imagine him coming here is if he had a personal reason why he wanted to do it himself. Because Lord knows he can get the money he wants over there. He can write his own ticket. So as long as he's happy doing that, I can't imagine Triple H is going to get him. I can understand why he wants him. The dude's effing amazing. But unless Okada has some interest in coming here personally, I, I no way I see the stars aligning for it to happen. Not right now. Yeah, it would literally have to be the shifting of heaven and earth for this to happen. But I will say this, considering what he will be doing in the Olympics, there will be eyes on this guy. And a draw is a draw. No matter what he does in the ring, um, he has a story. He has, uh, he has all the accolades in the world. He has all the stars in the world. Uh, the Meltzer stars, that is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, and and arguably, there may not be no bigger international star in pro wrestling, period, than this guy. So much like Tom Brady on the free agency right now, who's going to say no to wanting to get this guy? I and much like you said, Ooh. why? Okay, why why would you not want to get this guy? Let's, let's hear that, Jamal. Because you're assuming that casual WWE fans know who the hell he is. Yeah, I understand you're... that. That's not my problem, though. I know that if I'm going to bring in the talent that can do the work, then that's what it is. No matter if it's a sexy... They ain't no Nakamura either. Yeah, exactly. And no matter right, if it's a sexy... Right. And how well does that work out? It didn't work pretty, out that well. good the first three years. Well, yeah, but you're but... talking about NXT as opposed exactly. to the main roster. Exactly. It, it, either way, the times have changed. NXT is now... No, they have not. They yes, have it not. has. NXT was the minor leagues. NXT now is a third brand. So the, when you think about... NXT is the G League. Let's yeah. never, never forget. I still, that. I, yeah, I still think it's the G League. Fine, too. it doesn't matter. But the, the times have changed. It does matter. The, per- the perception has changed now. The perception. It has perception. What do you mean the perception has changed? NXT is the third brand where somebody mm. could come over to. Who's okay. saying this? Like nobody's saying that. It's the NXT third brand of WWE, but it's not the first brand of, of all of wrestling. I didn't so say third brand. If I said Okada it's a is bought in, I say it's the third brand. That's all I'm saying. It's the third brand. Okay, so. What if, so let's do a five lot then. So wait, wait, hold on. Stop. Hold on. Stop. What if <laughs> what if let's just say Okada does come in and it's specifically to NXT? Because remember when Samoa Joe got signed, it was supposed to be only for NXT. The main roster thing just happened to happen after a while. So if you're Okada, 
Do you want to leave all the Okada bucks floating in the wind just mm-hmm. so you can perform in full sale and the occasional takeover? Like Will said, unless he's got a lot of injuries, I don't, I don't, and you could pretty much make your own rules in New Japan. Sir, Why you would you want to like, go? Nothing like that Brinks truck ain't already backing up. <laughs> what do you mean the Bucks? They're going to pay this dude like no other. That's, no, that's I, the- I'm talking about the fact that if oh, if he's going to get something comparable with, let's say, backstage politics, whatever, in New Japan, why would I want to come over to, to, to look what happened to Kushida? Kushida's useless. Yeah, but not the same person. Look, I, if, if, if Okada is to go to NXT, he will be given the Oscar treatment. He will be given the complete absolute royalty amongst royalty he would be part of the recruitment process keep him there. so wait so over adam cole is where adam cole is right it's, now? i don't even think that even matters i think that just keep them on two different paths much like roman reigns and cena where they can keep them both strong in two different avenues but again i think they would if they were if they are to if this is to happen that i don't think will happen but if it was like i said heaven and earth will have to move they will treat him much like oscar and he will be not only just a main staple and focal to the brand, he will be part of recruitment and they will give him the absolute luxury that he needs so that he's absolute comfortable and whatever. The big question is that if something like that was to happen, does negotiations and conversations with New Japan, does the doors open now because they lost their biggest star and now, God, you got to know they got to be at the, uh, the chalkboard after that. But let it be known that NXT has no problems in mentioning and referencing people's accolades in New Japan. So there isn't a bad because taste. Because the NXT audience knows stuff. what New Japan is. Right. But uh, again, again, NXT, going to NXT isn't like a bad thing. It's legitimate a third brand now. So going it's to not, NXT shouldn't still be Still not like, Raw or SmackDown, though. It's, it's not a third brand. Okay, SmackDown have, obviously has the Fox deal. But NXT has his fans. No matter what the type of wrestling you wa- you like, you Ring watch. of Honor has his fans. Doesn't mean he should go there. It's okay, that's not even in the conversation. So, I'll, wait a minute. <laughs> so, is this something I'm missing? Are you guys saying that it's, this, it's, this, it's, this deal on USA is not significant for NXT? It's, it's, it's no, not. it's not. I mean, it's, syndicate it's, that. It's not. Okay, question, guys. Now, yeah. one of you, I dare one of you guys argue this. So, Rhea Ripley is not a star? She doesn't just transcend. Did you feel when he moved the goalpost? Did your chair move when he moved the goalpost right there? <laughs> Did, does Rhea Ripley, when she when she transcends between the different brands, is she notable? Only be okay. I'm gonna say yes. Only because I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put the, the spin out there because she fits what Vince wants. <laughs> so Akata doesn't. No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> as much as, as how good as he is, he doesn't. Look at Shinsuke. It's a perfect example. A, look at this is a bigger, this is a way bigger dude we're talking about here. Still doesn't matter. Not, not in Vince's eyes. But not the casual WWE fans in Moline, Illinois. Thank you. I mean, don't get me wrong. The reason why this is an issue is because we know who he is. So how can Oscar work then? We're arguing against it is because it was, we know this is ridiculous. How come Oscar work then? And Oscar look what happened. Oscar did in, in NXT six times. I I, I just I, I don't agree necessarily with Oscar the idea worked that in NXT. He could work. Oscar, Oscar worked in NXT. NXT. They gave her the longest title reign in NXT history, and then they went into sent it to the main roster. She did jack shit, and then was rebuilt with the yeah. with um uh, Kyrie Hojo. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, she struck finally. Uh, you know, it, it worked out. After how long though? And don't but get me wrong. Go ahead. 
I was about to say, she still didn't struck all the way to the top. She had her title runs, but it still wasn't on a mega stage. I don't like, even think the title runs was like the, look, look uh, on the, the main on the main roster. I don't think the title run was a was a clear determination if she worked or not. I mean, she did oh, yeah. have to. She, she had to accomplish. She had to overcome the language barrier, and then they said, "You know what? Fuck it. <laughs> Let her go do her thing, and it's working now because they're not trying to make her somebody. They're so just letting her be who she is." So. I don't I don't think I think there's enough sample sample doses out there for them to say, like, if we're going to get this star, we got to make sure we do this entirely right. How do we do that? How do we do this? What do we need to do? I don't should be an optimistic, though. Let me set a scenario for you real quick. Close your eyes and then let's just see if we walk you through. <laughs> I'm it's, WrestleMania, right it's WrestleMania Pirate Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um and the Queen Anne is in the background and Triple H comes out and on his like Thunderdome bike with Stephanie McMahon and he issues an open challenge and then you hear a taiko drum and then Kazuchika Okada comes out to massive fanfare it's raining Okada bucks everywhere and the crowd is losing their goddamn minds because all of the marks have flown in from Europe they're flown in from Japan yeah absolutely are seeing a history changing event here. And you fast forward three weeks later to Monday night <laughs> in mm-hmm. Arizona. Right. What was the <laughs> Dead. It's so, gonna be quiet. No, 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 no. I almost what's, want this. What's to gonna happen just, with the crowd? What's gonna happen uh, with the crowd is that there's gonna be people that know them, and there's gonna be people that pretend like they know them, much like legends coming back and so on. So the response is still gonna be the response. It's gonna be energetic and people are gonna lose their shit because for the people who read the dirt sheet all day, every day, they're going to be excited that they predicted this right and blah, 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 and Meltzer is the god, blah, blah, blah. So the perception of how the response of it, of, of a reveal like that happening is going to be good regardless. It's but going to be as good as Matt Hardy's was. It's going to be what? As good as Matt Hardy's was. And look yeah. what happened to that. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and I that agree. was three weeks I, later. I agree. I agree. It, it, will, it, will, it won't just be an instant, like, fit. It, it won't. But the guy's a star. You have to put you have to put some stake into what he's able to uh what he's already been able to accomplish. He's WWE stuck. marketing, their promotional and their vignettes, you have to put a little bit of stake behind that. But I think now that you could put him you could put eyes on him easier because of the USA deal, them being a third brand, these cross shows happening. I mean I don't think Keith Lee ethnicity has anything to do with it because he's a big guy and it's unlike anything you've ever seen. But the reception to him has been remarkable. And that took him a year. That, it, no, it has nothing to do he with it here. Nothing it has, for a no, year. It has, His no, no. Ever since the USA has went live with NXT, that's the benchmark. Point there. Not when he got signed. Okay, that's so that's when we're restarting the crowd. So that's when Jesus was born, right? When they went NXT went to USA <laughs> Network. That's that's the moment <laughs> when NXT became a third brand, and that's when you can start assessing. Does it does it work? Is the is the stars working? Not I would how the back. pre-recordings were and the full sale niche only crowd. Not that they're on the USA network. Anybody who has the app, cable, whatever it may be, or just truly want to just watch this on the network or Hulu, whatever it may be, assess it now because it's different now. The deal isn't just to make it live, it's absolutely to put it more eyes on the brand. So I would assess say it since though. October or September. Oh, it was two weeks before yeah, September. So assess yeah, yeah, uh, mid twenty September. And like ever that. since Keith Lee's yeah. debut on that show, has the rocket ship been on a on his back? 
I would take that differently. I think the rocket ship kind of started, but it ignited when they did that little mini invasion on Fox when it was like the second week of Fox. I think that's what put it that, over. That came in October. That yeah, came in October. So again, Survivor Series is when he blew up. Yeah, right. Survivor Series, that whole you know session from that time they debuted with that little mini invasion to Survivor Series, I think that's when it blew up more so than when it uh, debuted on the USA Network. Yeah. So. As far as NXT. Um, yeah, but I'm, they also I'm, threw the kitchen sink at uh, at, at NXT for Survivor Series because yes. it's a shirt company. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I like I said, I I I think if they get the deal done, which I'm not super confident could happen, I don't have reserve. I I don't have any reserves on them not being able to get this to to, to implement him right, which technically isn't a question. But you know. I, if if it is to happen, if you are going to invest this much in a person, because it won't, it, it's going it's going to be nothing less than a shiny star from out of the sky to get this to happen. Um, I have confidence that they will, um, they they will have all the tools in the in the in the shed to make sure that he transitions over to the WWE brand as the global star that he is. Okay. Now, we did have one more topic. We're running out on time. We're exactly at our hour mark. So this is what we're going to do really, really quick. Everybody's going to have something really quick to talk about, and then we're going to wrap this up. So quickly, I'm throwing this at Jamal. So the Nightmare Collective, because I know you brought this topic up, and I think it is important, and I think we're going to probably emphasize a little bit more on this uh, come next week. But they, the, collect, the Nightmare Collective is dead, and ultimately it's done because of the negative reactions from the crowd. Do you think it was the right move? And pretty much, like, how much stake should a promotion, AEW in particular, uh, put into this, uh, considering the crowd's reaction? And do you, do you think AD, AEW pretty much caved to the pressures of the internet in doing so? Uh, well, the short answer is it took balls to admit publicly that you goofed and that you can stop a thing where you know that the crowd isn't uh, feeling it. And move on in a different direction. Uh, what AEW has done well, um, the one of the bigger things they've done well is been able to adapt, uh, and we've seen their ability to adapt. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the hill is they choose to die on, whether it is Britt Baker being the face of the women's division, or whether <laughs> it's Nyla Rose, uh, you know, being transgendered, and the internet being a bunch of uh, ravenous dickbags. Uh, you know, would, can't do they want that smoke? Um, it will be interesting to see how these things happen. But as far as caving, um, there is a difference. And we all know that there's a difference between legit heat and boring chance. And the, the, the criticism of the Nightmare Corrective was largely, overwhelmingly negative. And I think that at, at a point where if they're not feeling it, they're not feeling it, and you cut bait and move on. So I think that it took some guts uh, but also, it, it does show that they, maybe they didn't have the direction to pivot out of that, uh, as they have done in other unfavorable programs that they've run. Yeah. So, yeah, good on them for adjusting. Absolutely. All right, well, throwing this at you. So, it looks like WrestleMania, the, the women's uh, championship matches are kind of molding out right now. We looks okay. like we're going to get Shayna Baszler and Becky Lynch. Uh, rumors mm-hmm. is having it that it's going to be Becky and Sasha. And then Rhea Ripley and Charlotte. Do you mm-hmm. are you buying into that, or how should the pieces of the puzzle actually fall into that event? Well, it looks. I mean, after this week, it looks pretty darn clear that we're getting a, 
Becky versus uh, the vampire lady, Shayna Baszler. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, seems, that seems clear as day. And I like it because it's a fresh matchup. So I'm all for that. And they got two months ahead of them to really build it. So that that's good. It'd be good to see Becky against somebody different. That's what I'm excited about there. If that's that seems to be the direction they're going. Lord knows Rhea and Charlotte seems to be pretty much set too. I think the only question there might be is after this weekend at TakeOver, does it do they somehow weave uh Bianca Belair into that mix, maybe? My question is Bianca's how does got... what's the what's the chances of Charlotte winning? Not possible, right? At WrestleMania? You would yeah. think it would be you would think it would be all about making Rhea like the next big thing you yeah. would think, but Lord knows a lot of times WWE likes to go with the star power and go with the pat yeah. hand. Yeah. Like, you know, we're going to let you get real close. We're going to make you look really, really good, but Charlotte's got to get that crown at the end. And then you'll get your, you'll get your turn down the road. So Charlotte I as would, an NXT I would, champion will be so yeah. crazy, but go, go ahead. Yeah, I, I cannot count out Charlotte winning at any damn point. Nope. I can't count that nope, out because we know how, they, how highly they think of her. So I can't count that out in any possible way. And then as far as the other part goes, I mean, if they're going to do Bailey and Sasha, Lord knows you, they'd just be trying to remake that Brooklyn match. And Lord yeah. knows those would be motivated. I haven't seen any build yet to think it might happen. I think the other person on SmackDown I'd be most interested in seeing in the uh, title picture would be Naomi. So... Maybe it's a three-way or something, or we can get Naomi involved in there. But th they got they got options for those women's matches. So all all three of those would be damn good matches. So I got no, nothing to complain about with any of those. Right on. All right. So Marcellus, I'm gonna throw this at you. Okay. Uh, so my 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 question is, uh, which I feel like this slipped by. by. Okay, great. I got it again. So NXT, watch NXT brand this week. Just want to make sure. Yep. Okay. Cool. Uh, do you feel like like the 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 whole vignettes with uh the bruiser the weights? Do you feel like that's probably the most interesting thing happening right now in NXT? It seems so untraditional for NXT to be taking such a pitch in that direction. But are you buying into it? How you feeling about it? You liking it? What you think? I think like honestly, I I kid you not. That vignette that they had by stopping the police and they got pulled over and they had the couple on the side with them. I thought that was probably the most entertaining I've seen in 2020 as far as like a gimmick or a team going over. Now that's put me up to seeing like what's going to happen for this weekend of what they're going to do and take over Brooklyn to see how far they can go to this next level. And this is bringing more character out, not only, you know, uh, for what's it called, but for the Bruiserweight. You know, this is bringing more character to him. Pete that Matt so, Riddle. Yeah, Matt Riddle. Yeah, because Matt Riddle already has the, the character. Sorry, I slipped his name for a second. But yeah. for our Bruiserweight, I think it's bringing more character to him. And when you think about this, this is like bringing a personality for when the New Day started. Because mm -hmm. when Big E first debuted for WWE, he was with Dolph and AJ Lee. But Big E seemed like, oh, he was just going to be a big muscle head. But he really has the biggest character out of all of them. And you <laughs> might think that. now the Bruiserweight has the biggest character out of him and Matt Riddle if they take it the right way. And I think this can just build their characters to be bigger things. So I'm really loving where they're going. I'm just intrigued to see how far they're going to take it. Right on. And Damien, I am not even going to throw you a question. I'm quickly going to let you sum up your uh, Wednesday night. Uh, shall we say, is it still a war? We're not going to call it a war. We're just going to call it a Wednesday night uh, recap. Okay. So real quick about uh, the NXT brand. I, I love the Broser weights. I, I think this is the most 
entertaining that Peter Dune, if you listen to uh, Kyle O'Reilly, call him, <laughs> which I found hilarious, Matthew Riddell and Peter Dune. Side <laughs> note, Kyle O'Reilly is a treasure, okay? Him and Drunk Uncle Bobby Fish, I think they need to 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 be highlighted with their personalities more. They, they add something. Tag team wrestling in 2020, who would have thought? Uh, I'm really intrigued about Bianca's match this coming Sunday only because she's dropped to Shayna twice on pay-per-view or on the network and now this will be her third title opportunity or title match and Mm -hmm. potentially she might lose this again which would make Sam Roberts extremely happy but I'm, (laughs) I'm really curious as to like you said, is there how that match ends? Is it a double pin? Does Charlotte get involved? Kind of make it a triple threat for Mania? Just this way, Charlotte doesn't have to take the pin for Rhea and Bianca. See, I'm thinking like 20 steps ahead. You know, already mm-hmm. to Mania. And, Try to pay the big bucks. Yeah, I wish. Uh, so, in reality, when I look at TakeOver Portland, I know Dijakovic and Lee are going to have a great freaking match. They're going to have a, a very PWG-specific match on TakeOver. That's going to be great. I don't know if I want, what's his face? I don't want uh, Ciampa winning the title again. I don't, I think I like him better chasing it more so than having it because it makes him more maniacal unless you want to make him paranoid to keep it. Uh, I'm not, and I know this is unpopular because I know a lot of you like him. I don't care that Velveteen's back. It did nothing. Ooh. It did nothing when he came back for me. He did his little spiel on the top rope and throwing these fake-ass haymakers that looked really bad. And then the, 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 we're supposed to be cheering a dude who's got a spray-painted face of another man's wife and child on his ass. So how is he the face in this situation? So I, I'm still conflicted with that. In terms of AEW, look, I'm glad Nyla Rose won. Very happy about that. It, it brings out the worst in social media, which is good, because then we can be like, I right, deuces, we don't want to deal with y'all. But at the same yep. token, like we said, someone else brought it up to me in one of my one of my DMs about how Cody and them have yet to respond about the tran- the transphobia of their fan base. And that's going to be telling. Do they quickly take the title off her because of the backlash? Do they keep it on her just to be, you know, kind of defiant? Uh Jeff Cobb, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Love Jeff Cobb. Glad, glad to see him on a bigger stage. Sorry, Ring of Honor. But I could watch him wrestle Moxley and anybody else. I'm tuning in just specifically for that. MJF can go jump off a bridge. I don't really care about him. And, and the Nightmare Collective, which Jamal talked about earlier, we brought it up last week. I'm glad it died. I just don't like the bad taste it left where it's like, oh, well, it didn't work. But, you know, Awesome Kong wasn't all that well to begin with with this angle so we kind of switch gears no it sucked you're part of it don't throw awesome kong under the bus for that uh and that that's pretty much because i know they were in austin and shout out to me and two chances friend christy james for being on aw dark uh really nice to see her against big swole next week so i'm looking forward to that and that is my little spiel thanks guys right on all right well we're definitely at our mark Guys, everybody, really quick, anybody have anything else they want to add to close out this show? Uh, Okay, the very, very, very last thing. Um, AEW wins in the ratings again, but the ratings are generally down, um, you know, a bit. uh, And I think that's largely because there's other news going on. Um, XFL, very excited for this weekend. 
And the last, last, last thing is AW's coming back to Boston and Philly. I may be doing both of those. So mm. uh, happy Valentine's Day, y'all. Right Good luck on. to Otis Dozier nice. tomorrow on his date. <laughs> That's right. Otis Man. and Mandy got a big night tomorrow night. <laughs> That's right. Too fun. And I'll, I'll just say that... Uh, Wow, what just slipped out of my head? Oh, yeah. I know what I was going to say. Oh, to the wrestling fans who's out here looking at XFL ratings, you guys make me sick. <laughs> hold on, hold on. You guys make they, me sick. What, what, what were they, by the way? Just, just shoot. I don't even care. Like, who does that? It's, it's, <laughs> you guys make I have nothing else to get to that. We're, we're ending the show. Catch us next week. Um, we are recording live each and every Thursday. Excuse me. We're recording each and every Thursday. Uh, episodes will be posted early uh friday uh we will be getting back live very very soon we have a lot of stuff that we got coming up so expect to hear some live episode exclusive interviews exclusive exclusive content on uh the youtube channel and so forth but as always thank you for always supporting us subscribing uh interacting with us and so on and we will catch you guys next week have a good uh valentine's day weekend and uh everyone uh be safe out there